Sing it again. He makes a way. He makes a way when the rain. Am I on? I am. All right. That's the gospel. Amen. Jesus changes lives. It's that simple. And if that hasn't happened to you, it hasn't keep on happening to you, let me tell you about my Jesus this morning. I'm telling you, it's proof. It's, don't be dummied down by our nation. It is proof. You must be changing and being changed by the power of Almighty God, or you've missed out. You're in the wrong line. Okay, you need to be seated because I got something special for you this morning. I hope it works. Been kind of busy uh, this weekend. Um, Sometimes you get too busy, you turn your phone off and you forget. And I woke up and there was a voicemail on my phone that I had missed. It came later last night. And we're going to try to play it for you. Hopefully you can understand it and hear it. Let's go for it. I don't know if anybody might not be aware, but August 1st, after church, listen, we found Tice actually dead on the yard back here. She wrecked on down the road about a quarter of a mile. Some of our nurses found her first and brought her back to life. Been in the hospital since August 1st. She came home this week. She's calling me saying she's sorry. <laughs> it's crazy. I wanted you to know that, so don't bombard her home because she's still not able to receive tons of visitors, and I will call her as soon as I'm done today. Um, but isn't that sweet to hear her voice? I mean, she had everything wrong with her that was possible, and she's living because God said, 
Not yet. Not yet. Whew. Okay. Glory. All right. I got a message for you. Actually, I didn't know they were singing that song, and it actually goes perfect with my message because we do know Jesus changes lives. Um, we do live in a day and age where selfies, you know, everybody's into self, 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 self. We know we're in the day and age where everything's dummy down from school to sports to food. I mean, some, I used to like Chips Ahoy cookies. They were kind of like this. Now they're about like this. Everything is dummy down. You get a nice big box of Cheerios, and now it's like this. It's about this. So it's everything. And the gospel has suffered. Now, you know, your Cheerios and cookies, you can be kind of bummed out that it's kind of small. It ain't no big deal, though, really. But how about if you were into the wrong gospel, even if you sit here? You can. And it's like the song said, it's Pastor Jason, and my job is to tell you about Jesus, to tell you about him. So I pray you have your good ears on. I'm going to give you a very simple, basic truth, but it is the most powerful thing. It will get you to heaven. Coming here, sitting here, it's nice. Nodding your head's nice. Singing hallelujah, nice. All that stuff's cool. Helping out uh, VBS and Fall Festival, all that's nice. But if you haven't had the transformation of the power of Almighty God happen to you, you're just in church. That's all you are. You're just in church, and so this is absolutely important. The title of the message is Transformation is the Greatest Miracle, the Absolute Greatest Miracle. You're always looking to raise someone from the dead up out of the wheelchair, uh, cursed cancer, and all that stuff is awesome, and they are miracles. You can raise a sinner out of the wheelchair, they can live 30 more years and die lost, die unsaved. Split hell wide open. Is it true? Are you a believer in the Word of God? All right. So transformation means a change of heart in man. I remember being pretty young. I can't quite remember how long ago when they started doing uh, heart transfer. Uh, we put in a new heart in a person. I, I couldn't grasp it. I thought, or. I didn't really understand that heart really is just a muscle. A muscle. I'm thinking, what if that person is going to be different? They're going to have different likes. Say, they're not going to like what they used to like. They're putting a whole new heart in that person. Well, obviously that was false. I mean, that's just a muscle. I understand that obviously now. But here it says transformation means a change of heart in a man. Do you understand how great of a miracle that is? We don't give it any priority, it seems like, in the house of God. It means a, a change, his disposition, his state of mind, how he thinks. He's conformed to the divine image of Almighty God now, from hostility to the Word of God to a holiness, a reverence, and a love for the things of God. How'd that happen? That's a good preacher, I hear. <laughs> He's awesome. Turn him up. <laughs> Second Corinthians 5.17, this is a scripture you've heard all the time, but this is part of the dummy down process. You become dull to the Word of God. You're not moved anymore by the Word of God. But listen to this. It says, this, th therefore, if any man be in Christ, not church, not a denomination, not a group, not a man follower, whether he's good at it or not. If, or if uh, any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Brand spanking new. 
It's what the Word of God says. Old things are passed away. The old jerk that I was is passed away. It's what the Word says. Behold, all things are become new. That's the gospel. That's the hallelujah. Changes lives. That's it right there. It's everything. If that hasn't happened to you, it needs to. And you can't say, that happened to me back in 1904. That's not good enough. I'm, that's your start. You put on your tennis shoes to run this. But as you run and get closer to Christ, things keep changing. God keeps dealing with you, making you more like him from glory to glory. If this isn't happening... Your gear shift has popped into neutral and you don't know it. 2 Corinthians, same scripture, New Living says this. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. You've got to be saying amen. Your mind has got to be saying, man, I remember when I was like, I remember when this changed. I remember when God showed. If you don't have any of that, you better check your gear shift. So it says, if anyone, this is a promise, anyone has nothing to do with age. Young people think it's just for us old people. That's what they do. It's just, it's dumb. The enemy has tricked us in every way. It doesn't matter what class, what race, what nationality, what language you are, what level of intelligence you are. It says, anyone. You do understand that Christ is not an American. I mean, I think we swear that this is just an American religion, Christianity. It's not. This is not a promise for those who are in themselves or in some religion or I'll have church by myself. That's contrary to what the Word of God says. You are called to live according to the Word of God. Do you understand? God has terms. He does. He does. He has terms. If you don't keep terms, they'll come and take your car. They'll come and take your house. We're talking about your soul. New creation. Old things have passed away. Paul is teaching the great principle of regeneration. Man, I did it this morning. I shaved that same face, but it's not the same face. Something's happened inside. That's proof. That's not religion. That's being born again by the power of God. I've changed by the power of Almighty. You've got to have this. You must have this. We believe that Christ is going to return soon. And if you're just swinging on a hammock, just kind of gliding through, nothing really going on, not pressing into the things of God, not hearing the voice of God, not hearing God say, no, I don't want you to do that anymore. Move into this. I want this out of your life. If you're not being drawn to the altar and God says, you know, I want to deal with this habit in you and that one in her, and something's wrong with you. If you are a child and you have a father that wants nothing to do with you, you are the saddest child around. You're going to grow up a buffoon. If you got one that keeps trying to deal with you and get into your stuff, that's what the Spirit of God does. That's what the Lord does. He gets in your face. Romans 12, 1, New Living says this, And so, dear brothers and sisters, we always tell you, 
Romans was written to Christians in Rome. So he says, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because all he has done for you. Listen, let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find accepted. Let what be a living and holy? Your body, your conduct, your life. Let it be. Let it have so much power into it that some of your friends, what, what happened with him? Even if they don't know what it is, don't know the change, they see something. That's what should be going on in us, through us. Goes on and says, the kind he will find acceptable, this is truly the way to worship him, to worship Almighty God. Then it goes on and says this, New Living, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. What are you doing copying it? God's told you, don't. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Before my mind was changed, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Abortion? I don't care. Oh, ain't nothing to do with sweat off my nose. It says, then you will learn to know God's will for you. You have to be changed to know God's will. You have to be changed by the heavenly Father, which is good and pleasing and perfect. The battleground, and you know what? Some of us, we fall for it. Some of you have had that transformation, that, that change from darkness to light. But you can almost see that light getting dimmer and dimmer in some of us. What's going on? What's happening? You have to stoke the fire. You have to keep fuel in the lamp. Keep it burning. That was your job. Every morning they had to go out and tend to it to keep it bright and burning. That transformation is a constant thing. So the battleground between conforming to the world and being transformed is within the mind of the believers. You must think different. God says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. We go, eh. I don't understand that. I don't understand that. The Lord said that. Don't forsake it. We go, eh, I don't know. I don't. Well, something could possibly not have happened to you that you think, I don't know. I don't know how saved you are. I don't want to be conformed to this world. I want to be transformed. And we do it by the renewing of our mind, by the Word of God, by what God tells us, by Him who changes us and changes the mind, gives us a new heart, gives us the Word of God and says, walk in that. You don't have a, I don't know if I want, you don't have, no. It's a no, you don't. Philippians simply says, just let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What mind? This mind right here. This, this is the mind. This is what tells us what we should do. And yes, it cuts across me too. It cuts across stuff I don't want to do. I don't want to say. I don't want to be. Transformation is the greatest miracle. I mean, you can talk to somebody who's been raised from the dead and they don't know Christ. I don't know. They just think they're lucky. 
coincidence? Maybe I wasn't dead. Maybe the doctor was wrong, lives 40 more years and dies. I don't know if the statistics is true, but I've read somewhere in my 50-some almost years of being saved that about five to 6,000 people die an hour lost. Lost. Transformed is the ancient Greek word metamorpho. You know where this is going, right? Describing a metamorphosis, a changing. Caterpillar, cocoon, butterfly, changing. Doesn't go caterpillar, cocoon, caterpillar. What? And he's going, I'm saved. You no, know, you're not, man. You're still crawling in the dirt. You're not changed. You can say it, but you're not. You're going to stand before Almighty and give account. So the same word, metamorphosis, is the same word as used to describe Christ and his transfiguration. When he said, come with me, guys, I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show you what's going to happen to you in your life. And so they went with them. Mark 9, 2 says this, six days later, Jesus took Peter, James, John, led them up to a high mountain to be alone. As the men watched, Jesus' appearance was transformed. Transformed, changed, metamorphosis, sinner saved. Old, new, light, darkness, dead, alive. Change. That's got to be happening in you. It has to be happening in you. And his clothes became dazzling white, far whiter than any earthly bleach could ever make them. That's what has to be happening to you. This is the gospel. This is why you can sing that. Hallelujah. What's that one verse I want to remember and I can't? Ain't no sinner. You're living proof of that. I'm living proof. There's tons of people probably looked at you and said, that dude, he's a loser. And here you are sitting in your right mind by the power of Almighty God. God changes. It's not religion. Throw up religion. has nothing to do with this. This is a walk with God, a sweet, wonderful walk with Almighty God. The only other time Paul uses that word for transformed is in 2 Corinthians 3.18. This is what's supposed to be happening to you. But we all, with an unveiled face, do you know what that means? To those of you who are not saved, your face is veiled. You cannot see self. You have not seen Christ for what he's come. It's veiled. And so the Lord says, hey, but for those who are unveiled, those who have finally seen, those who have said yes to Christ, he said, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Constantly being changed. How are you worse than what you were? How are you? How can that be? How can we be worse than what I was? I'm supposed to be transformed, brand new. All that stuff's supposed to be gone behind me, destroyed, ruined, over with. Either I'm preaching to heresy or you're off track. 
I mean, I'm assuming we're all wanting to go to heaven. Amen? I hope. I don't know what heaven's going to be like. I don't. I want to find out for sure. All right. We know that God does change our lives. He does change it from the inside out. But God, you understand that God wants proof. He knows, but he wants proof. He does. 1 John 3.14 says this. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brethren abideth in death. That's proof. You know, I used to always wonder when I was saved years ago, longer and longer and longer ago, and I'd think, man, what? I have such dear friends now that I wouldn't give two seconds of my time to them before Christ. Do you understand what I'm saying? And then I would tell the Lord, I said, Lord, how can these people mean more to me than the brother and sister that I grew up with? Not realizing that that's a proof, a change of a heart inside of me. I mean, my whole life was about sports, and one of my best buddies was Ed, and that was Keith's dad, and I used to get on his case all the time. I said, I don't even know why we're friends. He loved the Lord, and I loved the Lord. It just clicked. I said, you don't even own a pair of tennis shoes. That's what I would tell him. You don't even own a pair of tennis shoes. How is it that I like you so much? The Spirit of God does that. God does that. That's proof. Herein, you want proof? Here we know that we've passed from death unto life. I wouldn't have given him a split second. Nerd, geek, goof. Don't nothing about sports. What are you? And then God comes into my life and he becomes one of my best buddies in my beginning walk with God. Proof. 1 John 3, 14, again, New Living says, if we love our Christian brothers and sisters, it proves that we have passed from death to life. But a person who has no love still dead, even though you can repeat it, hear it, listen to me right now. You're not moved by anything, really. You might have a few bad feelings because Tice wrecked, but God says it proves it. Is this going on inside of you? How about Peter's life? Something has to happen to you. Just has to. Matthew 26, 73. This is the life of Peter. It says, and a little later, those who stood by came up and said to Peter, surely you're one of them, for your speech betrays you. The crucifixion, killing anybody that's a Christian, you're one. We can hear that stuff coming out of you. Hallelujah. you got to be one of them. And what did he do? He began to curse and swear, saying, I do not know the man. Immediately a rooster crowed. That's what Peter was, a filthy, cussing, probably a tobacco-spitting, tattoo-wearing, cursing, drinking fisherman. Anytime men get together, that's what they do. We tried to play in a golf outing the other day. Actually, it was fun being with those, but those around, I was grieving, just grieving. I heard 
foul words all day. I heard my Lord's name. It was more beer pouring. That's what we do without being changed by the power of God. And I was the best at it, the drinking and the cussing. Sometimes up there getting close to hitting, you hear, Jesus. It just, it just goes right through you, does it not? Acts 5.14 says this, And believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. Listen, a changed person. So that they brought the sick out into the streets, laid them on the beds and couches, and at least a shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. This beer drinking, tobacco spitting, tattoo wearing, cussing fisherman, and his shadow. Now what's happened? Man, where's my shadow? Oh my gosh. Something happened inside of Peter. Something with that marvelous name of Jesus that even God touched and made his shadow powerful. Oh yeah. Yes. Every one of you, every, listen to me, every one of you have a shadow waiting to be used by God. Hallelujah. Yes. Listen to this. Transformation is greater than information. You can learn all you want about God. When I came to Christ in 74, all it was was conferences and syllabuses, and books and tapes and more books and more tapes and fly to Colorado, fly to California, which I did because I was falling in love with God. And I thought, that's what you do. More information, more, 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 more information, more, more, more information. And I would go to those. Most of the time, they're selling trinkets. Here's a dozen apostle glasses. And they had the faces of what they thought the apostles were on the glass. And I'm going, look, where's the, this is like the world. Transformation is greater. I don't care if you know the Bible, upside down, inside out, backwards, sideways, Greek and Hebrew. If nothing changes. If I look at your wife and says, how does he treat you? If she's afraid to tell me. If I ask your boss, is he your best? Transformation is greater than information. Information's a piece of cake, right? It is. Jesus heals. And they were like, ooh, and Jesus said, all right, all right, hurry. Pick up your bed and walk. Go on. Transformation, the power of God, being changed by the glory of God. Way better than information. Ask your wife if you abuse her and you speak down to her. Ask her if she is so pumped that you learned and memorized the book of Romans. Or that you love her like Christ loved the church. Ask her which one she prefers. Transformation or information. 
You think I want someone behind this pulpit that can just memorize and memorize and memorize and memorize. And you come up to me and say, you know, I've I seen that guy down at the beer dock. I've seen him down at Rusty Roosters. I've seen him down. You understand he's... I go, yeah, but listen to him. He's awesome. <clears throat> Don't buy it. Transformation is absolutely greater than information. Matthew 5.16 says this, let your light so shine before men. So I'm talking about very basic scriptures I'm giving, very basic Christianity. This is not in-depth. This is just something God expects. You're going to have to stand before him, every one of you. You're going to stand before Almighty. You're going to stand before the Lord. <clears throat> he goes, I'm telling you what I want you to do. I want you to set, uh, let your light so shine before men. I'll save you. I'll redeem you. I'll fill you with the Holy Ghost. I will keep you from hell and keep you from the lake of fire. You can spend eternal with me. Yes, yes. Okay, this is what I want you to do. Let your light so shine. Yes. <laughs> he has terms. That they may see your good works. This guy's a bum, a piece of garbage. Look at him now. That they may see your good works and you run up and say, man, what's up? What's going on with you? And you can point them to Christ. You give God the glory through your life. Absolutely. You think God needs a radio station to get the gospel out? Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Man, you should be able to see a change in a person's life. Oh, I spent a lot of my saved life trying to figure out if people are saved. Like, you think, you think he's, as soon as I do that, I should be saying no. I should be saying no. I should stop that. Because it shouldn't be that close together. It should be obvious. Obvious. If it's nighttime and your electric goes out, you're pitch dark. You're not going you think the electric went out? Right? It's pitch dark. Your very comfortable home now becomes a danger. You're trying to figure out. You're not saying, I, I think it's light. Not at all. Ephesians 4.28 says, let him that stole, steal no more. That's what it says. But rather let him labor. Work, which is we know no one wants to anymore in this country. Working with his hands the, thing, the things which is good that he may have to give to them that need. Instead of being ripping people off, stealing people from their hard-earned money, you go work, you make money, and then you become a giver. That's what God says. This is what I expect from my believers. This is what I expect from people who are changing. And being like me. Colossians 3.10, again, new living. Put on your new nature, not an old one, and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. The most miserable person in the world is someone sitting in here trying to act like a Christian and you're not. You've got to be miserable because it's impossible without the Spirit of God inside. It's impossible. What's that song? Let Jesus change your life. That's the only one that can do it. Be transformed by the power of God. Listen, even your old knowledge of Christ is not good enough. It's not. 
You've got to be pouring that oil in every day and having that light. If you don't, that light, the oil gets sucked up through the wick, the fire burns it, and the oil goes down, 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 down. And here you are at the bottom, you're still in church. No life, no spark, no nothing. Things aren't right. Things aren't going good. Pour in the oil. That's what God says. The transformation. <clears throat> All right, Matthew 3, 8. New living again. So just would be more simple to us. Listen to what the Lord says. Prove. Prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. Understand, God wants proof. Proof. I've told you, I think I've mentioned about my peach tree in my front yard. We bought our house back. The people before us uh, planted a peach tree. And I thought, oh, cool, peach tree. Went out to the first year, nothing. Second year, nothing. Third year, nothing. And I mean, I was, I've had it. We're going to, because, you know, peach trees, I don't think they're pretty. They're kind of dumb. They're kind of thin and weakly, and they bend all over the place, and they're not really massive and standing. And like, I've had it with this stupid peach tree. Yeah, and I, I'm the master of the vineyard. I happened to forget about it. This spring, it produced 357 peaches. I, exactly. I, I had to go buy things from Amazon to prop the limbs because they were bowed way over touching the ground. And I come, I'm telling you, I come this close of taking it out because... I didn't see proof of its value. You know, that's what God says. God says, let me, I'll, I've come to check out fruit. And what's he say? I've come this year, I've come that year, I've come that. I still don't see no fruit. He looks at the vine dresser and says, what? What do he say? Cut it down. Why cumbereth the ground? Why take up the space? In my vineyard, for someone who does not want to produce fruit for me when I've told him to. That's you. You're claiming to be in his vineyard. So God says in Matthew 3, prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. Just don't say to each other, we're safe. We are descendants of Abraham. Pastor Joe knows me. I've been here a long time. It says, that means nothing. For I tell you, God can create children of Abraham from these heavy stones. Isn't that amazing? Stone can replace you? Yeah, it really can. It says, even now the axe of God's judgment is poised, ready to sever the roots of the trees. Yes, every tree that does not produce good fruit. It's an awesome, scary word. But Hallelujah. You've got to hear this stuff because it's true. I am not going to be called in on God's carpet and says, why didn't you tell him this? Greater judgment to those who come up here and do this is what the Word of God says. Luke 13, 6 says, He also spake this parable, a certain man had a fig tree, planted it, sought fruit thereof, found none, Said unto the dresser of the vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking. What's up with this tree? Cut it down. 
please, you've got to take this stuff serious and, and let God do his work inside of you. Let Jesus change your life like that cool song. And verse 9 says, if it bear fruit, well, perfect. If not, then after that, cut it down. Man, transformation is fruit, being transformed by the power of God. Not perfect. Perfect usually in the Word of God means mature. Mature people are transformed by the power. They know their shortcomings. They know they don't have the ability. They know they're weak and got to call and depend upon Almighty. That's being mature. It's proof. There's a tree right over here in the front yard of the youth center. For years, I don't, you probably don't remember, Rod does, I'm sure. There was two of them growing together, and one's kind of wrapped, they're wrapping around each other. And one had green leaves, one had sort of burgundyish leaves. And I'd look at it, and say, what the heck? It's like useless something, you know, whatever. But I've never paid attention that much to it until I come one day, and actually the burgundy leaf tree that I like was gone. The vineyard man whacked it down, cut it down. And the tree that was left looked sad. And I thought, what on earth? What a dumb looking tree. Just the other day, Ruth and I brought Addison over to play on the playground, walked around the church uh, youth center. That tree had apples. I never knew it was an apple tree. Never. Never. Now, I have proof. I don't know trees. I don't know how to tell this tree, that tree, that tree. But I and my wife and Addison, we had apples from that tree. Fruit. You must have fruit for Almighty God. Matthew 4, 14 says, The sower soweth the word. That's what I'm doing now. Sowing the word. And it says, and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. People out there aren't here. They're not in here listening to the word. So possibly that wayside is here somewhere. I'm not out there. I'm here. And these are they that by the wayside where the word is sown. It's being sown here. What path are you on? Taking away the word before it gets into your heart, because if it gets into your heart, it will change you. Some of you have been around this as long as I have, and I see nothing. Verse 16 says, these are the likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness. That was cool, awesome, wasn't Pastor funny today? <laughs> and having no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution arises from the word's sake, immediately they are offended. That's what happens to you teens. Sit in here and you know it's right, you know it's true. Until you get out there and someone says something and you have to prove that you're not like this. Yeah, it happens to us men too, not just the teens. 
get with a bunch of men. They're all blankety blank, blank. Verse 18 says, and these are they which are sown among thorns. So we've got wayside, we've got stony, we've got thorns that hear the word. Cares of the world and deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things enter in, choke the word out, becomes unfruitful. What I'm saying to you means nothing. Verse 20 says, and these are they which are sown on good ground. Now listen, such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit. Some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. Do you understand? <laughs> These are terms. Do you understand? God's going to say, bring me. Bring me your basket. Let me see what you did. God won't grade like he, we do. 20,000, you get an A, too. God doesn't grade that way, but God's going to say, what did you do for me? Bring the fruit from your life, from your walk, from your light shining. Bring it to me. Bring me fruit of repentance that truly proves that you were really in love with me and showed me. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I got a brain lock. Like Tice's phone. Two brothers in the garden that were to bring stuff to God. What's their names? Cain and Abel, thank you. Jeez. Weren't they told that they had to bring bring something to God? One got blessed, the other one got uh 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 uh. Because he decided to do it his way, what he wanted to bring. What he had time to do, how much he wanted to do, how much time he wanted to give God. Here, God ought to be happy with this. And God went, what? You know what kind of guy I am. What are you doing? Bringing? That's the kind of Christianity running in America. You bring what you want to bring. You are your own high priest, not the Lord. You are. John 15, 16 says this. I'm ready for our group. We're going to sing that song again. Hopefully it means a little bit more to you. It says, you have not chosen me. You have not chosen God. Every one of you are sitting here. Listen. Let them do their thing. You listen. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. You've been chosen by Almighty God. Not only that, he says, and I've ordained you. I've given you a position, is what God is saying. And here it is. This is your position, that you should go and bring forth fruit, that your fruit should remain, not just start with fruit. A few years, you're really hot for God, and you're bringing a lot of fruit. But God says, no, no I, I want stuff that remains, that your fruit should remain. This is not a 50-yard dash. We're in. I've ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. See, we love that last part, but we don't handle the first part. 
God will give you whatever I pray for. Well, yeah, how about the fruit? What kind of fruit did you bring him? And you are you still bringing fruit? <clears throat> fruit that remains. I know a ton of people that started off awesome. I don't even know where they are now. Romans 7, 4 says this, Likewise, my brothers, you also have died to the law through the body of Christ, so that you may belong to another. You've died to sin through Christ's sacrifice, so that you now may belong to Him, is what that means. Belong to another, to Him who has been raised from the dead, in order that we may bear fruit for God. Fruit. Now that's between you and God. Don't run up to me and start spitting out, I'll do this and I'll do that and I'll do this and I'll do, I'll do, I'll do, I'll do, I'll do, I'll do. I'm not, that's not what this is. I'm telling you that there should be a transformation, a metamorphosis, a changing constantly going on in you. And if it's been eons and if it's been a while, you, you better come to the altar and God, please reveal to me what path I'm on. Stony, thorny. Which one, Lord? Because there's coming a day, Matthew 3 again says, Bring forth therefore fruits, meat for repentance. Bring them. Bring them. When you go before God Almighty and you bring those fruits, because your life, God's simply going to say, Well done. To others of us, He's going to say, I never knew you. Now you know this is scripture, and you know this is Bible, and you might not like it, but it's truth. And I don't know if you'll high-five me in heaven and say, well, thank God you preached that. Thank you. I don't know. All I know that God Almighty says, bring forth, you bring them. You grab what you've done for me through your life. Fruits, fruits that will prove that you have repented. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Everyone. Sweet Nancy Tanner just went before the, just last Tuesday, less than a week ago, stood before the judgment seat of Christ. She did. We must all be appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Cheapers, cheapers. Like I told you, I had kind of a wild week, especially weekend here. Hard focusing, difficult time, trying to work on some of this message just having trouble concentrating I get a phone call from out of the blue from my son Joseph he's dad you know it just popped in my head and I said well, what's that what's going on he said you know how we always want miracles you know like raising the dead and uh, cancer and I said oh yeah absolutely we believe in them Joe and he goes yeah absolutely he goes you know what you know what the two greatest miracles are and I said, what's that? 
And I was wavering on this message. I think, is this stupid? What? If, unless you've preached a lot, you might not know what that feeling is like, but it, it's not a very nice feeling. And Joseph said, well, the greatest, first greatest miracle is being born again. And I said, oh, Joseph, yes. Yes, that's so true, being transformed. Saved, he said. And he said, you know what? And the second one is dying saved. I said, oh, Tito, you should come up here and just read that today. I took all that time to say this. The two greatest miracles is giving your heart to Almighty God. The second one is dying with that same love inside of you. Dying saved by the power of God. Hallelujah. Jesus changed my life. Now this song's a little upbeat, which is fine. Nothing wrong with it. But if you are not sure what path your feet are on, seriously, I mean, you've got to be insane not to check this out. You have no idea when God's going to call you home. Say, Lord, please reveal to me what path am I on. Lord, am I on just too hectic, stony? I don't understand, Lord. I know that I cannot trust myself because I deceive myself. Lord, please, come to the altar. Let God, let God speak to you. If you want people to pray for you, Pastor Jason will pray for you. Les will pray for you. Our youth minister, Adam, will pray for you. I'll pray. Say, Lord, just bless them. Open their eyes. Let them know. I don't know. I'm looking at I don't know what path you're on. I'm simply saying, Lord, please keep me on the path. Keep me on this path of righteousness. Transformation, way greater than information. Let's stand. Sing this song. I'm telling you, our altars are open to... Always, we always want to give you opportunity to come to this altar. You want prayer? Let me know.